Welcome to the TJI Preaching and Ministry Podcast, your source for all things preaching and ministry from the Jenkins Institute. This is your host, Jonathan Sanford, and now your friend, Jeff and Dale Jenkins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. We welcome you to this edition of the Jenkins Institute podcast on preaching and ministry. This is Dale Jenkins, and I'm joined today with Jeff, my brother, who is out at his office today in Dallas, Texas. Well, Dale, I'm kind of at my office. I'm at. Uh, I'm not at my real office, but I do have a representative from my real office here today. My large Chick Fil A cup. Yeah, yeah. Did they deliver you now officially, or have y'all opened one in the building? We're working on that. That's the next goal. So, Dale, tell us where you are today. I know you're somewhere in a remote place in the country. I'm in. I'm in a witness protection program. Was said earlier. I'm in isolation. It's a little town called uh, Barrickville, West Virginia. And uh, when I say a little town, it's a little town. A little town, about 1,800 people. I'm, second meeting I've held here, I'm holding a gospel meeting up here, second one I've held. Uh, they have about 100 members of the church here, really good people, and I'm enjoying being around them. Well, that's great. I know you're having a good week. And, Dale, we're thrilled today. We have a very special guest with us today. Uh, a man who is a very, very close and dear friend, um, a man who we love and respect a great deal. And we are thrilled to welcome to the Jenkins Institute podcast on preaching and ministry, Michael Whitworth. Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on. Michael is the uh, owner and... uh, CEO and CFO and COO, visioner, janitor, things that have to do with start to finish. Michael, tell us before we get into the real reason we want to visit with you today, tell us uh, just briefly a little bit about start to finish and what's going on at start to finish, but don't tell us about the part we're going to ask you about in a few minutes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We are a web media and book publishing company. Uh, founded originally as a book publishing company about four years ago, uh, but we have a website, starttofinish.org, and on that website, we have various resources, blogs, podcasts. Uh, we also produce, in addition to books and Bible study guides, we have uh, curriculum for children's Sunday school classes, as well as adult Bible classes, and uh, so we, we provide a, a wide range of resources for Christians in the church in terms of, of Bible study and spiritual growth. So, Michael, how many books have you published? We've published um, about 35 at this point, 30 to 35. I'm not sure the exact number. And uh, we, we are averaging about 20 new books a year at this point. And, uh, Michael, you've written a number of those books. How many of those books have you written? I've written about eight. Uh, I've written uh, six guides to books of the Bible and uh, a couple of other Bible study books, uh, republished a book that I had first released when I was in college in 2004, currently working on a guide to First and Second Kings called How to Lose a Kingdom in 400 Years. Uh, that is actually my primary focus with the company as far as my own personal work uh, is writing guides to all the books of the Bible. And after Kings, we have uh, other guides in the work for Ephesians and Hebrews and couple of other books. 
So what are you writing right now that you're most excited about? Uh, the King's Project is almost finished. I lack probably about 15% uh, in order to get it to completion, uh, wrapping up the research on it. Uh, very excited about King's. Uh, it uh, has uh, just a, a large number of lessons for the church uh, in regards to uh, spiritual purity, when, in regards to leadership, uh, in regards to uh, dealing with um, a hostile culture around you. So a lot, I think that there are a lot of modern, relevant lessons in Kings for the church today. Dale Michaels, uh, good friends out here in Texas, would want me to say about now that, uh, ask Michael, Michael, how many books have you written since we started this podcast? <laughs> well, that number is zero. I, I, I unintentionally got that reputation in 2004 by publishing four books that year, but uh, my productivity has has slipped a little bit since then, but uh, trying to focus now on qu uh, quality over quantity. <laughs> Outstanding. So uh, you made a pretty bold move just a few weeks ago. Uh, tell folks about what you're doing now and, and the plans for the near future. Uh, this was a decision that was about 15 months in the making. Uh, I had been putting in place uh, the things necessary to be able to go full-time with start to finish. Uh, up until this point, I had been full-time in ministry, mostly in the pulpit, uh, but had been working towards uh, being able to work with start to finish full-time to focus on writing and speaking and publishing and, and, those, and those things. And so I uh, made that jump in, at the very end of July uh, was very excited, and uh, so far, uh, about almost four weeks into it, it's going very well. We've been very, very blessed so far. So, Michael, you mentioned earlier that uh, uh, one of the one of the things you're doing now is you're publishing Bible class literature for children uh, and also for adults. Uh, yes. Um, tell us, first of all, I just want to tell you, I think that was a genius idea for you to do that, but tell us about... Uh, uh, if people want to order books like um, Bible class literature or, or just your, uh, your, your books that you've written or other books that you publish, uh, tell about a little bit about how they can order those books, and then we'll talk about our big subject. Uh, they can go first on our website, starttofinish.org, and uh, on the, the shop page, they'll see a place where they can order all of our Bible studies. There's also a, an image on the right as they scroll down advertising our, our Bible study materials. Uh, our Bible study materials are also available uh, through uh, your favorite Christian bookstore. And then also all of our books are available online on Amazon and some other places. And so uh, encourage people to check them out um, and uh, see uh, what we have to offer. Uh, many of our text Bible studies for adults are outlined in terms of examining the passage, applying the passage, and then we have some points of application uh, uh, in terms of discussion and, and reflection questions. And so we really help people dive into the text, but then also we want to focus on application and, and generating healthy discussion in the classes about what the passage means and how it applies to daily life. Uh, in my experience, classes are often skewed in one, in one, to one extreme or the other. They're either so focused on the text that they never deal with application, and then um, uh, the other one is they discuss application, but they never ask, thus saith the Lord. And so our, our, our studies try to mix a healthy blend of both uh, studying the passage, but also discussing it and applying it. 
So uh, all of that's uh, good good information for people to be able to use to order books and uh, it's kind of along that line with your education uh, books for children and for adults. You've also started recently a new kind of project or arm of start to finish, and that is uh, workshops for churches to help educate and inform um, and equip teachers. So, uh, tell us uh, about those workshops, uh, title, uh, what you try to do in those workshops, and, and uh, how somebody would go about uh, being able to host one of those. Absolutely. Um, the, the workshop is called Teaching Rock, Rocket, and, and what we want to do is simply accelerate people's uh, adult Bible classes, their education program for adults. In my experience, we offer very little to no training for our adult Bible class teachers, and I find that to be very sad uh, because uh, it is my opinion that our Bible classes are probably the one area of our church work in which people grow the most. Uh, certainly people grow through fellowship and through worship and, and preaching from the pulpit. But when you think about someone who may be struggling um, in their faith or may be struggling to assimilate into the life of the church, Bible classes provide a very unique opportunity to both pull people towards the center, but also to help them grow and mature. And, and too often we will find someone willing to teach a class, but they're not trained or equipped um, they may be indulging in some bad teaching habits that um, can fester over many years. And so what I do is I offer Teaching Rocket as a weekend seminar, either on Friday night and Saturday or just on Saturday, uh, to come in and go through five sessions on uh, how to be a better Bible class teacher. We start out with talking about the goals of a good Bible class program so that people understand exactly what we're trying to do. Um, I talk about the difference between teaching the Bible to people versus teaching people the Bible. And from there, discuss how really a good Bible class program is going to seek to do three things, to teach people how to think about the Bible, learn about the Bible, and then live out the Bible. From there, we go on to discuss the nuts and bolts of actually putting a lesson together and delivering it. We go through some keys to better Bible study to facilitate that preparation. In the fourth session, we deal with classroom dynamics, everything from how to get close to your students and form a relationship with them, how to get them to open up, how to generate positive, uh, productive discussion, and then also how to, to deal effectively and compassionately with what I call classroom dominators, the brother or sister that wants to teach from the chair, so to speak. So, Michael, and, I want, while you're... While you're uh, talking about the topics and all are these um, you do these presentations are they uh, lecture type uh, uh, lessons uh, or how, how do what's what's your approach on those the, these are I would say 60% lecture 30% discussion and then 10% we're actually going through a few exercises for example, in one session, uh, we talk about how to go through a passage and generate material to teach on that passage. And so we go through an exercise where we go through 2 Kings 5, the story of Naaman, and we read the story, and then I go through 15 questions that I wrote down as I read that passage, pretending to read it for the first time, to give them an illustration or a, a look into my preparation methods of how to go to and generate a lesson. 
So that's one exercise we go through together and we discuss it. Another exercise we do is we look at a passage from 2 Kings 18 and discuss it and look and see how examining keywords of a passage can help us go through the material and find points of application and so forth. So again, I'd say 60% is lecture, but we do generate a lot of discussion. I'm always pausing at the end of each subsection to ask for questions, comments. I'm always amazed at the feedback and the comments that I get from people. They're providing insights. You know, some of the students, ironically, have more teaching experience even than I do. And so I'm always able to learn from them and make the material better by some of the insights that they share. Other people are asking questions for clarification before we go too much further. But again, I try to provide some hands-on um, uh, e examples for them, some exercises to go through so that they can see exactly what I'm talking about and maybe hopefully adopt the same or similar methods. So it sounds like uh, maybe these classes, these, this, this workshop is designed primarily for adult teachers. I know we yes. have a number of, of uh, people out there do workshops for children's teachers, but a lot of times adults are neglected in this. So Correct. This is, this is, I would say, exclusively for adult teachers, including teachers of teens, because obviously teaching a, a, a high school class is going to be more similar to teaching an adult class than, say, you know, threes and four-year-olds. Uh, so I would encourage people that teach teenage classes, they would get something out of this seminar as well. But teachers of children uh, necessarily would not. So who would be the ideal candidate, uh, Michael, for one of your seminars? Somebody that, uh, what, what, would that, what would kind of be the profile of the person, perfect person to benefit from one of these seminars? The, the perfect person would be someone who has just, you know, one or two years experience teaching an adult Bible class or no experience at all. I think uh, seasoned teachers would find something valuable in the, in the workshop. Uh, but I, ideally, you've got someone who's maybe only taught once or twice, maybe a quarter or two, or not at all. I especially, if, if I had to really narrow the focus, it would be someone who has the desire to teach, but do not feel as if they are equipped or trained to do so. I think that our churches are filled with people who ha would have the willingness to teach, but again, they don't feel equipped, and so therefore they are very reticent to say, yes, I'll do this. Um, if we can make people feel as if they have a, a modicum of training and, and uh, experience and, and instruction on how to do this, I think they're more willing to jump into the water and you know, swim around a little bit and realize it's not that bad. So, Michael, you mentioned uh, typically you do these workshops on Friday and Saturday, is that? Correct. The, the first session where we deal with the goals of a Bible class program, it is the longest of the five sessions. And so some churches opt to have it on a Friday night, uh, maybe with or without some sort of light meal, maybe have a brown bag uh, supper. Uh, some just come after they've eaten. Uh, but we typically start at 6.30 or 7.00 go through that first session together and then come back the next morning at say nine. And uh, if we do that, if we start at nine, we're usually able to wrap up the, the workshop at either 12 or 1230. And then oftentimes there'll be a lunch that's provided or something along those lines. So do you uh, normally stay over and preach on Sunday or is that? So yes, yeah, some churches, I would say about half, maybe 60% have me stay over on Sunday to do a Bible class emphasis Sunday. And that's where I preach a sermon 
talking about the importance of the Bible class in the life of the church and specifically challenge people who aren't attending class already to maybe consider doing so. In the Bible class hour, I have a message uh, for a combined adult class on the importance of Bible study in the life of the Christian. Um, one or two churches have me stay uh, over for that weekend, not only to preach on Sunday, but also perhaps on Saturday night to speak at a teacher's appreciation banquet, dinner, something of that nature. And so this workshop can really be a part of a church's entire weekend of celebrating and equipping their, their, their teachers in their education program. And then also on Sunday, capping it off with an appeal to those brethren who just simply aren't coming to Bible class uh, as we would want them to. So tell us uh, some of the places where you've hosted, where you've held some of these and uh, maybe some about some upcoming seminars. Sure. Uh, I've done two of these workshops here at my home congregation at the Keller Church here in Keller, Texas, just outside of Fort Worth. And then a couple of weeks ago did another at the Faith Village Congregation in Wichita Falls. Um, the bulk of my appointments are coming up. They're going to be in September and October. Uh, I'll be at the Sunset Church in Lubbock and then also the Holly Hill Church in Frankfort, Kentucky in September. And then in October, we'll be in New Orleans uh, at uh, the Decatur Highway Church in Birmingham and then the uh, South Green Street Church in Glasgow, Kentucky in October. I'll be in Waxahachie, Texas in November and then uh, Sarah, Oklahoma. I, th I think I'm saying that right. Uh, where Billy Clayball's at, I'll be there the second weekend of December. And then a couple of more in the new year, Orlando, Florida, and uh, some other places. So, obviously, Michael, you, I mean, not to say this, that, that, that you like for people to use your Bible class material that you provide, but one of the downfalls of some of the seminars that I've seen is they're so good for their curriculum that they're not really useful to anyone unless that church uses that curriculum. Talk to that some, if you will. Uh, I actually do not have anything in my material that is geared towards my curriculum. The only connection between this workshop and the adult class material that we provide is that I will mention the fact, hey, by the way, we have this Bible class material that we produce. Uh, however, uh, if I walked in and you didn't know I sold material and uh, I never mentioned that I sold material, you, you would not suffer one bit. Uh, all of the teaching would make sense and uh, the congregation could take what I have to offer the teachers and give it to them. And they would never, they would never have to be aware that my material exists in order to put the principles into practice. Uh, I do not teach a specific style of teaching in terms of lecture or discussion or, and this is, and this is also uh, a seminar that is uh, good for people that teach text classes, topic classes, discussion classes, anything of that nature. Uh, we're, we're really just wanting to, in general, equip teachers to teach a productive class and be a part of a sound, uh, healthy, in, invigorating, engaging Bible class program. So, Michael, tell us again, uh, if somebody wanted to contact you about, uh, about a seminar and, and uh, also, uh, uh, you know, when, is your, when are you available to host another uh, I still have a few dates in November and December that uh, I'm open for, and then also into the new year. Uh, they can go to teachingrocket.org, 
uh, to check out the website and there I tell a little bit more about what we offer and then uh, have some testimonials and the schedule of seminars that I have upcoming. I would encourage people if they are in the area of some of these upcoming seminars and they just want to check it out and see what it's like and maybe come back to their congregation and give a, a better report of, of what it entails, they're more than welcome to do so. They would have to contact the host congregation for more information uh, in case they needed to register. I know some are, are asking for registration, uh, but they can also call my, uh, my contact number, 817-988-8798, or get on our website, starttofinish.org, and send me an email. Uh, uh, All of those ways they can contact me about hosting their own Teaching Rockets seminar. Uh, I will say that this is uh, a great investment in your adult teachers and and teen teachers. Uh, I've I've gotten tremendous feedback from people uh, that they uh, really enjoyed the seminars. They felt like they learned a lot. Uh, certainly, I have a PowerPoint presentation, but I also provide a handout for people uh, so that they can have all of the information there with them and make notes. And I'm also actually in the works of, of putting this material in book form uh, that I would offer to people so that they would have something more substantive to take home. And, and the book would include not only everything we discussed in the seminar, but also offer a few extra things uh, that went more in depth in some areas that we simply didn't have time to talk about. Very good. Um, this really sounds excellent. Let me ask you real quickly uh, as we start wrapping up here. Just I got a couple of things. One, what would you say are the biggest mistakes that you see adult teachers make, teachers making adult or teenage classes? Uh, I think that the biggest mistake is that um, they often stray too much to the extreme of lecture or discussion. Uh, I've been in classes where they went verse by verse through Jeremiah and it was absolutely brutal. There wasn't much discussion. Uh, Certainly, you know, you were moving at a glacial pace, and that really challenged people's attention spans. The other extreme is discussion-oriented classes, which I call everybody gets together and pull their ignorance. Uh, Very little Bible happens in a class that is exclusively discussion-oriented. Now, there's a lot of value in discussion in a class, but it can't be all that. And and especially in a discussion class, people will leave feeling a lot of warm fuzzies for their teacher, but they learned very little Bible. So what we're going for is a good blend of both. You want instruction, you want discussion in a class, you you want some Bible study, but you also want to have discussion to make sure it is resonating and making sense to your your, uh, students. The other mistake that I see is that teachers do not take the time necessary to get to know their students. And this is something that I also stress. One of the simplest things they can do is to be the first one in the classroom and then the last one to leave. And you will therefore naturally get to know some people who are the early arrivers and then also being willing to stay late and talk to people with questions or comments after the class is over. Um, I try to write encouragement cards to various people in my class. Certainly, this is a challenge in a congregation where the teacher maybe rotates from one class to the next from quarter to quarter. But even then, it's possible to get to know some some students in your class. And uh, as you do that, you are going to be a more effective teacher because you're going to know more of the issues in their life and can speak or bring a word from Scripture that speaks to them in that particular circumstance. That sounds like you provided an excellent resource here for churches and teachers. Hope folks get in touch with you. I want to ask one more thing, and I'll drop it at that. What's been your three best-selling books so far? 
Uh, three best-selling books. Uh, the first one is uh, actually the first one we published, Epic of God. Uh, had a very, very dear friend tell me there's no way I'd sell 3,000 copies. And uh, 18 months later, I passed that, that milestone with uh, great delight. I do. I owe that friend a steak dinner. Yes. I, I'm still looking forward to that. Uh, the other one is my second book, the derision of heaven, a guide to Daniel. I think that one was very popular simply because of its theme and content. Um, the book of Daniel is about living in a, uh, a culture that is hostile to the people of God. And certainly that's true of Christians today. And so I th- simply think the relevance of the theme made that book popular. The third one is actually a book we released last year called I Died Last Night by John Orr. A very unique book, very short book, uh, but very excellent book. It's a challenging book. It it is a story, a fictional story about a deacon who dies and goes to hell, and this is why. And unlike Heaven is for Real, the deacon doesn't come back from from this place to tell or warn other people. Uh, It's a very um, disturbing book. I tell people that I... I hated the book every page and I couldn't put it down. It's one of the worst books I've ever read and they need to read it too. And that sounds uh, very confusing to people, but I just tell them, well, just read it and you'll see what I mean. And I especially tell people don't read it before you go to bed because that's, you're going to have nightmares if you do. But we've heard, we've gotten tremendous feedback and and reviews of the book of uh, it it is, it is not really aimed at non-Christians. It is a wake up call for Christians whose faith has grown cold. And uh, we, we've heard many stories of people that um, have been uh, restored or have rededicated their lives to the Lord as, as uh, partly a result of this book. And we just give glory to God for that. Uh, that book has been very popular. Well, Michael, thank you. We want to thank you, uh, first of all, for, uh, for all that you're doing to bless the brotherhood and to strengthen people in so many ways. And secondly, we want to thank you for joining us today uh, on our podcast. Well, it's my pleasure. And uh, I, in turn, am grateful for all the work of the Jenkins Institute and grateful for our partnership for the sake of the gospel and uh, love what all of y'all are doing. And uh, I appreciate this opportunity to tell of of Teaching Rocket. Dale, good to be with you today. We've had a, a good day today on our podcast, and I hope you're able to have a good rest of the week there in West Virginia. And look forward to talking to you next week. Blessings be yours is our prayer for you.